0: Hello to everybody who's never seen Fleabag. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred. I'd rather go
1: one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you. And you'll get to know me.
0: Hi, everybody. Chris Gethard. It's Beautiful Anonymous. It's Tuesday, so we got to have another one, even in a a world this crazy. I am so genuinely hopeful that everyone who's a supporter of this show is doing well. And people who are not supporters of this show, even people who hate this show. Hope you're all doing well, too. I know a lot of people are social distancing, self-quarantining. I am as well. It's freaky stuff, man. And I know I'm seeing a lot of people. I'm seeing a lot of tweets and Instagram messages and stuff from people who are... uh, saying oh you know, I haven't I haven't caught up on podcasts in a while and I'm diving into this one. Welcome back. Happy to help distract you for an hour at a time in these very strange days. Uh, I'm having strange days myself. You'll hear in this call that I, I mentioned to the caller that I'm, I think I'm I'm about to flee New York City and I have since fled. I'm recording this on a Monday, March 23rd. I, I, about four in the morning last night stopped driving. I I found myself in a very strange and and intense situation where, uh, you know, I bought a house and it's pretty remote, certainly compared to where I live in Queens. And I was trying to get out there. The house was real fixer upper to the point where we couldn't really live in it. And I, I was telling everybody working on it, just as soon as we can live in it, let us know. And, uh, Unfortunately, before we could get out there, our uh, everything hit in New York and shut down and our our building told us we're not allowed to move. So we just said, all right, screw it, man. And we we dropped everything. We just abandoned all our stuff in our apartment. We left. I have a relative who has a house and uh, we drove many hours to get there overnight. Took my kid out of his crib when he was sleeping and, and took him from the only home he's known and I don't think he's going to go back there. I think we're going to ride this out until we can you know either we'll either stay up here and then we'll land in the new house took my kid from the only house he ever knows it was it was sad it was sad but i'll tell you what i say that not to complain not to make it about me actually the very opposite because even in hearing my own story oh i'm i'm buying a house oh i have family who could help me not everybody has those things and i understand that i got a lot of advantages i do i've had a good couple years financially with my tv show and the HBO special, like I got a little breathing room there. I'm a white guy. I'm married to a lady. I'm from the Northeast of the United States. I have a college degree. My parents are still married. I have health insurance. I'm a member of two unions that protect me on that. Like I got all the advantages and I'm fleeing. I can imagine there's other people out there listening right now who don't have all those advantages and who I just want to say, I'm with you. I am scared. And I know uh, that it is really grim times, really grim. There's probably some people listening to me tell that story and going, wow, you really overreacted. And there's other people going, what took you so long? And I think both of those things are coexisting right now. And for so many of us, like I said, there's people without insurance right now. There's people without family who can help. There's, there's people who, who financially don't know how they're going to pay the bills if this goes on even a few more weeks. My heart's bleeding for everybody right now. Heart is bleeding for everybody. And... Like I said, if putting out a dumb podcast can help you forget for an hour at a time, that I I am very, very happy to uh, be doing this from my remote mountainous location where I'm riding things out. Here's the least surprising news in the world. Beautiful Canonymous has been uh, delayed by a year. We're canceling (laughs) it. Uh, You'll get emails about uh, your tickets And if you want the refunds or you want to hold off till next May, May 2021, we're pushing it a full year. Uh, I know there were people coming from Portugal and Australia. I hope you guys can get the money back on on those flights. And I haven't even had a chance to follow up with everybody who's going to be participating in it. So if this is where the news is breaking to you, sorry, I haven't been in touch yet. But I'm sure you're also not surprised. And we all also want to stay safe. Um, what else? I'm hosting a TV show about wrestling. It debuts on Vice TV tonight. but, uh, if you're looking for more escapism, that might be good, but I'm gonna, I'm not sitting here trying to plug my wrestling show. Let's go ahead and get into the podcast. Uh, this week's episode, talked to someone in London who's quarantining there. Turns out a lot of people can call when they're quarantined. A lot of people were like, uh, oh, I, uh, I'm not at work, so now I get a chance to call finally. And it's not all about quarantine. We talk a little bit about that. I'm happy to give the perspective on different areas of the world and, and how everybody's handling things, but it's not all about that. We also talk about what it's like to be raised by a bi- a bipolar mother and, and how that can actually be pretty hilarious at times. We talk about one of my favorite things, The Great British Bake Off, a truly fantastic show when you are feeling stressed out in troubled times. So... Again, we'll be coming at you every week, one hour at a time, helping you get your mind off things, helping you sort things out, hash things out. Hope all of you are safe and happy and healthy, and I hope that you get something
1: out of this call. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello? Hi. Hi. How are you?
0: How am I? I'm uh, all I'm all right. I mean, I'm thinking about f- actively making plans to flee New York City. Um, but outside of that, you know, pretty good.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Navigating well, a worldwide pen. Right oh, what's that?
1: <laughs> I'm in London right now, and I'm I'm feeling very much the same. <laughs>
0: Yeah, all the charms of big cities wear off when a global pandemic hits. All of a sudden, you're like, I live in the same building as how many people? Maybe I need to go to the woods, flee to the forests.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not from, I mean, if you're familiar with the British accent, I'm not from London, and hopefully I don't sound like I'm from London, because I'm from the northwest, just outside of Liverpool. And I've been down here now 11 years, and we're just at that point where we're thinking about packing up and going back. Now, so I completely get where you're coming from.
0: We've covered this on the show before a little bit. We did a live show in London where the idea yeah. of accents came up, and I talked about how I'm aware that amongst the British accent, you can instantly tell a lot about a person from their accent. As an American, they all just are vaguely British to me. When you say, you said something along the lines of i hope it's clear i'm not from london what, do you have a little an- <laughs> anti london in you despite living there
1: <laughs> not not necessarily anti london it's just where i come from i get a lot of stick for my accent sounding different because living down here i've had to sort of slow how i speak and you know really pronounce my words properly whereas where i come from it's a thicker accent, and it's quicker. And um, so, when I go home, I always get a load of sticks, and I sound like I'm from London. And when I come down here, I, I get a load of sticks for sounding like I'm from the north. So I can't really win either way, to be fair.
0: <laughs> so London, so so people from your hometown here, yeah, and they hear the London affectations that I've and they go, "Who's this person putting on airs?" And then the Londoners exactly. go, God forbid you slow down and pronounce your words correctly. And then the people at home are going, Who do you think you are pronouncing your words correctly?
1: Exactly. And also there's this um because I'm from Merseyside, you come down here and everyone's like, Protect your wheels, the spouse is here. And then I go up north, and because there's this misconception that everyone that lives in London's really dirty rich, and the streets are paved with gold, they all suddenly think you miss money bags when you go up north. <laughs> and neither, neither are correct. <laughs>
0: well, I tell you, I've, I've, I've read. You know, I try to read a lot, but being, a, being a fan of the Smiths, not so much a fan of Morrissey these days, but being a lifelong yeah. fan of the Smiths, I've read a lot about the North and the implications and the attitude of it. And I feel yeah. like being from New Jersey, it it makes sense to me that I felt a kinship with people from the North of England, because it seems like they have a similar chip on the shoulder as people from New Jersey do.
1: Yeah. We're the tough, tough working class aren't we?
0: We, we claim to be. We claim to be. (laughs) New Jersey also has many cushy parts. Yeah,
1: like shaking because I'm talking to a stranger on the phone.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's I'm a very, uh, I'd like to think an outright unintimidating person. I I can't tell you how often I'm in conversations in real life where people just actively interrupt me because they have no inherent respect for me as a human because that's how unintimidating I am.
1: Well, I respect you, so don't worry about that. It's just, I have, I have anxiety. Well, as if, I do in a doubt, I do have anxiety. But then I get these weird patterns of confidence, like today, calling you up. Other days, I wouldn't even touch the phone. Even when my mum rings, I'm like, I'm not answering it. But today I thought, do you know what? I'm ringing, and here I am.
0: Look at that. Well, we're very similar. <laughs> and, now,
1: and now I'm like, oh. <laughs>
0: very similar people, it turns out. So yeah, yeah.
1: Do you avoid phone calls a lot? Sorry, I
0: interrupt. oh yeah. No, if a number comes up that I don't recognize, straight to voicemail. And very often, when a number comes up that I do recognize, straight to voicemail. Because I look at it and I go, I just can't handle this right now. And then I think about the things pushing me to that edge, and I'm like, I just can't handle this right now. I have half a load of dishes to do. How can I also be expected to talk on the phone? It takes very little. <laughs> For me to feel overwhelmed and like I can't handle the world.
1: Oh my God, you and I are so alike because that's exactly how I am. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was doing that all yesterday. I didn't want to talk to anybody.
0: <laughs> well, that I will say, not trying to make light of something very scary, but when it's like, hey, you can't really go out in social situations right now and you should probably stay home. There is a part of me going, yeah,
1: no problem you know what? We just found that, well, I've actually been off sick. As you can probably tell from my voice, I'm not sounding too curly, but I have had a dry cough and our NHS guidelines are that if you have a dry repetitive cough that you just stay away for seven days. So I'm actually in self-isolation at the moment. You are. And, um, yeah. Yeah. That's
0: scary. Are you freaked out? It,
1: it, do you know what? I'm not freaked out about myself. I'm freaked out about so my mum has a lot of underlying health issues and she's she'll not thank me for saying this, but she's on the wrong side of 65. And so I'm really concerned for her more than myself. But yeah, it's, it's I shouldn't really be watching the news because I don't think that really helps the situation. I don't know about you, but it's just constantly about people. Well, Boris Johnson yesterday was basically, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, um, basically loved ones are going to die. And that's how it was left.
0: Who? Wait, who's going to die?
1: Yeah. Some loved ones are going to die um, before loved before ones. they're supposed to. That, that's our prime minister there. Close I thought your you... Think happy birthday while to do it, and your, your relatives might die. That's what we got yesterday.
0: I thought you initially said that he said left-wingers are going to die, which I was like, that just sounds like a threat <laughs> unrelated to the coronavirus <laughs> from him.
1: I mean... He wishes. <laughs> oh boy! Oh
0: boy! Oh boy!
1: Sorry, no. I'm from the north. We don't like Tories. <laughs>
0: really? Look at that! Look at that! So you're self-isolating, and, and have you have you been around your mother in recent weeks to a degree where you're sitting there going, "Oh, come on! I hope I wasn't didn't have some dormant stuff in my system then."
1: Um, I was last home about three weeks ago, so I should hope not. Um, and She still good. lives up in the north, like the rest of my family. I'm the only one that's down here now. So, I have spoken to her quite a, quite a fair bit, and she's under a lot of pressure from my sister and I to to stay in. But she's not she's one not to be not to listen to people. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes.
0: Well, northern women.
1: That's a nice.
0: Northern women, notoriously yeah, a stubborn a stubborn group, is what I've always read.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yes, my mum especially, and this this is a nice little like tie into to what I was going to talk to you about actually, because um, my mother's bipolar, and so with that comes the highs and the lows, and I know that usually on your podcast everyone says sort of the the the, the hard times, the sad times, and I just wanted to not make light of it because it's very serious, but also. Being the child of a bipolar
0: parent can actually be a little
1: bit
0: fun as well. <laughs> well, if that makes any sense. I, as someone who's had some bipolar issues myself, the 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 manic times can be quite dangerous. Well, part of what's dangerous about them is they can be a hell of a good time. So I would imagine when you're a kid, yeah, every once in a while, you know. You might get woken up in the middle of the night and say, hey, I just decided right now we're going to Disney World. Let's book tickets, grab some clothes. Like that's, you get those moments too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not making light of it at all. I also have depression, um, lifelong depression, and we have gone through some really, really dark stuff. But um, the flip side of it with the manic episode is that you kind of tend to do a lot of stuff that's not quite the norm for families and I never really realized this till I got a bit older you start sharing childhood experiences and you realize actually <laughs> my childhood wasn't quite the standard yeah uh, <laughs> yeah and and uh, you, you tell stories and I remember having a therapy session and I was just talking about my life to the therapist and she said to me that it almost sounded too too much to be true which kind of put me off therapy for a little while because um, it took me long enough to get there. And then when I got there, I was basically accused of lying. So it's like, well, I know that happened in my life. And so if you're not going to listen to me, then I'm just going to stop coming. But yeah.
0: I had a similar thing <laughs> where I saw a shrink. This yes. is a different shrink than the one in my one-man show I mentioned a lot. I've now seen multiple shrinks. That's where I'm at and uh mm. i was telling her some very funny stories about my childhood and uh
1: mm.
0: and after about three or four of these stories that i found very hilarious i noticed the look on her face and i stopped talking and she went those are not normal ways for a child to behave so why don't we drop the jokes yeah. and why don't you tell me what was going on in your in your day-to-day life during your upbringing because those stories you have are not the normal behavior of a three or four year old and I, I don't necessarily find them so funny and I said well she nailed it this is why I became a comedian so I could make yeah. jo- make jokes about things that were it, quietly disturbing
1: I think it, it gives you such a dark sense of humor doesn't Ooh. it I think when you've gone through so much you kind of everything becomes for me well look is that wrong for me to say
0: you know as well as anybody the irish have a notoriously great sense of humor i don't know yeah. i don't know how you're feeling but whenever i visit ireland i go everybody here has a funny story to tell and they want to share it and who's had a yeah. they've had some dark times had some dark times yeah and they're the funniest people in the world and then they you know root it in a culture where uh they almost starved to death on mass, and then there were you know wars in the streets for a couple decades. There, funniest stories you'll ever hear.
1: Yeah. Should I, I tell you one then of, of my mother? This this will probably give you an idea of the kind of childhood I had. So, um, I was in secondary school, high school, and it was our parents' evening. And just to give you a bit of background at the time. So it was. Given in my age right now. It was in the late 90s. And in the UK, line dancing had become huge, like massive. And I'm not a fan of line dancing. And especially as a teenager whose mother decided to open up a country and western store right near the school. It was not a fun time. <laughs> and that particular night, she was supposed to be um, going to an event. So they'd be these events and she would take her stand and she would sell her with uh, her boots and belts and what have you. And um, she was like, well, I kind of have to go to that straight after your parents' evening, so I'm just going to have to go in my work clothes. Work clothes being denim, mini skirt, gingham top, boots, you know, <laughs> kind of country western slash hooker, you know, that kind of look. And um, I was like, okay. I told my chemistry teacher, and I said, um, I said I'm really sorry my mum's going to come and guess as a cowboy. He's like, well, don't worry about it. Everybody's got to work. You know, well, I'm not going to judge. So fine. Went back, told my mother. And then parents' evening came along, and she goes straight to the science table. She strides over, puts her cowboy boot on the stool, flicks at her hair, and puts her hands on the hips and says, guess who's mother I am. She'd gone to my biology teacher, who had no idea... And he just looked at her deadpan and he said, I don't know, but you're one hell of a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And then he then proceeded to retell that story the next day in his class while I was sat there in the back, cringing, and then he asked me what time was he supposed to come round for dinner. And I thought, oh God, she's at it again. She's, she's struck. I mean, he told you her name then. She's struck. But that's the kind of mother I'd have so there would always
0: be a star, showing up at your school and. dressed as a sexy cowgirl. Yeah. Yeah. Now, can I tell you something?
1: Yeah.
0: Sure. Uh, the last thing I'm trying to do is come off like one of those posh Londoners. But I will say, when you get okay. excited and start speaking quickly, I can understand. Yeah. Very little of what you say. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I got the story. I hey, did get the story, and it's it's <laughs> insane. It's actually insanely charming because you mentioned when I start talking a little faster and let my guard down that Londoners can't understand me, and it turns out Americans probably mostly have exposure to London accents in our media when it comes to the the, the British world, and I get it now. Cause it's, I
1: will speak nice and slowly. <laughs>
0: but that, again, that's coming from someone whose roots. I visited Northern Ireland a couple of years ago because that's where my roots are, and I went to my grandfather's village. That You want to talk about an accent that's hard to... Woo! Oh, Woo! I know. Up in County Armagh, I, totally I didn't know what was going on.
1: <laughs> Do you know what else? I, so it's not Northern Ireland, but I struggled with the Newcastle accent. When they're in full flow, sometimes I have to kind of stop and think, oh, I don't actually know what they're saying <laughs> Again, Speaking of accents, my other half is London born and bred. Um, so his, ex- his experience of the Northern accent is um, somewhat limited. And when we first started dating, he'd come up to Liverpool to see my family for the first time. And we had gone shopping. And there was the two cashier girls having a conversation. And then I joined in. Completely normal. And then as we left, he kind of pulled me and said, I didn't know you spoke Polish. <laughs> I don't. That was a spouse axis. <laughs> <laughs> and he has no idea. Like, it's so fast, and like I just couldn't understand a the word this, this, these girls were saying. And suddenly, I thought she's bilingual.
0: <laughs> so he perceives your accent within the same nation as Polish as an entirely yeah. different language. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, you only have to go a few miles to have a completely different accent in in the UK, and people are very territorial about where they're from as well.
0: Yeah. Yes, I've noticed that in my travels. I was in the states, we do have a number of accents, but we I feel like we can we can we don't have to kind of stop and think to sort it out. Like there's Texas accents and there's the California surfer accent and the New Englander accent and the southern accent and all of them, but I don't know, maybe cuz maybe cuz we dominate like uh pop culture so much, things kind of meet in the middle a little bit more with us. But who knows? I'm no linguist.
1: Nor am I. (laughs) I'm just lucky if people can understand me from time to time. (laughs) Oh,
0: you have the you actually. I will say, anyone listening to this, I feel like the comments are already going to be. This caller should never be self conscious about her accent because it's the for you to go. I'm just glad when they can understand me from time to time, which I know is a horrific rendition <laughs> that I just did. Everybody listening is like, that's the best. That's the most charming thing we've heard. So you're self-quarantined. No. You're thinking about getting out. Are you thinking about getting out of London when you brought that up? You said you, you and your partner are thinking about heading up north. Is that because yeah. of coronavirus, or is that just you need to change of pace yeah. in general in life?
1: No. Um, so I moved down here to be with him. Um, So I met him whilst I was at university, and um, he was in London working. Um, We met on a, again, showing my age now. Do you remember Face Party?
0: Face Party?
1: The social Yeah. Uh, It was like pre-MySpace.
0: We had Friendster pre-MySpace. Maybe, I don't know if Face Party ever made it over here. Who knows? Although probably now we get 30 comments from people that are like, you idiot. Of course we had Face Party. So you met on Facebook.
1: And I must say, it was more like the MySpace and Facebooks back then. It did have a bit of a dodgy reputation for a while, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but um, I wasn't on there then. And we used to talk about our love of music when we were teenagers, so I like a bit of everything, but at the time, I was very into Deftones, Um, and Mm -hmm. so was he, and that was the thing that bonded us. So we were about 14, and then... We lost touch.
0: When you were 14? And, thank
1: you. Yeah, we were 14. We're nearly 36 now. So we've known each other quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think we were 20, 21. He found my email address and popped it into my space, and up I came. And I said, oh, I like the look first, sent me a message, started talking, and we've been together ever since. So that's how we met. And then I think... London was a better prospect than my town. So I came, stayed with him, and I've been down here 11 years now. And it's just got to the point, it's hard living in London. And friends have had to move out the area because they can't afford it. Rent's really expensive. We're fortunate that we, we own our property, but we can't get any higher up the ladder than what we're at because it is just too expensive. Mm-hmm. And you know, you don't get to live the London life because you're too busy working to try and pay the mortgage to stay in London. And it's just getting to the point now where I think quality of life's really struggling. And I'd rather go up north where yes, the 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 jobs are a little bit more scarce and the money's not as great. But, you know, I could have a house with a garden and and have my family and my friends and you know, just have a better quality of life. Um and I, I think that's the feeling on a lot of people, especially my age, you know, some of still living in shed shared houses, shared flats. You know, you'd think by thirty five thirty six you'd you'd all have your own place and be a bit more grown up. But you and yeah, I yeah, you
0: and I are we mentioned before very similar people. In very similar places. I'm mm-hmm. actually uh, I'm actually heading out of New York City after all these years. 15 years. And, a sil- and I'm in a position yeah. where I'm, I've been in a very weird – I've had a few years starting in 2016 where I had a couple years that were really great professionally, and now I'm on the yeah. other side and I don't anticipate that I'm going to have a stretch like that again. So what I'm doing is I'm taking all the money that I earned and I'm going to go buy a house somewhere that's not New York City Where there's peace and quiet and space, like you said, because I want my son to grow up like that because and it's the bulk of my savings is gonna be dedicated towards getting my kid this life. And for the same amount of money Mm -hmm. in New York, I might be able to have a mortgage on a two bedroom apartment. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe a really nice a really nice one bedroom, definitely maybe two bedrooms in New York City, whereas I can go have a house with a yard and some some yeah. distance from people if I head out That's to where exactly I'm
1: heading out. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. Good on you. New but, Jersey. Yeah. If I could do it quicker, I'd be doing it. But next couple of years, I hope to be out of here. Definitely.
0: London is a trip. I I, I feel like... I think maybe I've mentioned some version on this on the show. I'll say I, I have a lot of love for London, and when I've gone and done shows over there, I've st- you know I, I once did a run at the Soho Theater where I was there for, jeez, the bulk of an entire month, which is you know a decent enough amount of time to feel like you can get the pace yeah. of things at least. And I've been a New Yorker over 15 years now, and London's one of the only cities that intimidated me. It's one of the only really? cities that I've ever, as a New Yorker, usually when you hit the ground running in a city, even if you're trying to figure out the public transportation, as a New Yorker, I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, I can handle most of what's thrown at, thrown at me. London's one of the only places I can think of where I've gone there and just been like, I wish everybody would just slow down and help me a little bit more. And that's as a New Yorker. Mm.
1: Something you should say, actually, I think I'm just so used to it now because I've worked in central London for the last 10 years. so it. It becomes routine; you don't really notice. But I struggled when I first moved down here, and I remember once uh, I was—I think I was going to go home for the weekend. So I had a big case with me, and I was on the tube, and it was pretty busy. And sometimes the uh, the, the tube sort of stalls, and so it stalled, and I fell over. And instead of helping me up, this person just walked over me, <laughs> and that, that is London in New
0: York. To- New York, somebody would help you out. Or at least they'd be like, you all right? Like, you'd at least get that. Most likely someone would help you out.
1: No, London's savage,
0: But also a beautiful place. And also a place where there's so much to absorb and experience. So I'm not talking bad. But it's its own thing. Time for a break. Let me just say right now, too. Sometimes Londoners have felt like I'm talking smack about them on the show. Not talking smack... London's the best. It's a tough town. Can't deny it. Anyway, enough justifications and caveats. We'll be right back. That, ladies and gentlemen, and others, was a break. That was a break, and the break is done. So now we get to talking again with this uh, quite charming caller. Enjoy. But also a beautiful place, and also a place where there's... So much to absorb an experience. So I'm not talking bad, but it's its own thing.
1: No, definitely. Definitely. And there's, there is loads in London. It's not. I'm not saying this to put people off London, but um, I'm at that point now where I'm not going out like I used to. or not, you know.
0: Yes, yeah, same.
1: We're not making the most of being same. here. Same. I'm in and my I'm late
0: 30s. I'm not staying out all night yeah. dancing in Brooklyn anymore. I feel ridiculous. And a lot of people, I wonder if London's the same way. A lot of people who I'm friends with, oh, New York's changed so much anyway. And it's like, maybe we have, maybe we don't want to admit it, but who was it? Was it Joan Didion who said this New York City at the end of the day, it's a city for the young. Maybe we just got old. Maybe we're old.
1: Oh God, Maybe yeah. I'm not. It? I'm not even in any sort of denial about it. I know I've got old. <laughs> <laughs> me too.
0: I see my friends hanging on I'm to like, the dream we're going to be cool Brooklynites. N- nah. No.
1: No. I've got a couple of friends that are hanging on, but now me and my other half, we're, we're we're very sad now. We 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 make our own fun at home, watching TV, laughing at rubbish, and those nights of coming in. You know, six in the morning, they're long gone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, don't get wrong, they're like the odd night out, but it destroys me. I don't know how I managed it when I was younger, but I just can't do it now.
0: What am I am I gonna I go
1: the drinks now
0: out? I'm gonna go fall off the wagon and do a bunch of MDMA again and then what, come home and change my son's diaper while I'm all tripping out? <laughs> can you imagine? Me being I'm like, Oh, this yeah, diaper's so wet. Oh, the texture of this diaper, Oh. Uh, like, feel like a freak. Feel like a freak. Look my son in the eye. Anyway, anyway.
1: How are, are you enjoying fatherhood?
0: Oh, it's, it's, I wish people love to buy into this thing that it's so hard. And when, when people mm-hmm. find out you're pregnant, oh, you're never going to sleep again. Oh, and it's all true. But one of the things that, has made me shake my head the most with regret for all of us is I wish more people had told me how fun it was going to be because, of of course, it's as hard as they say. It's harder, and there's no real way to describe yeah. it. But when I lay down on my floor and Cal sees me from across the room and he takes off crawling as fast as he can so he can come jump on my stomach and my chest, it's like... uh it's like I know a little bit closer of what heaven is while I'm still here on earth. Aww. So that's how it is. That's how parent that. is. That's how parenthood is. Brings you a little closer to heaven.
1: Aww. I don't have any children myself yet, but um I do have two nieces. Um and yeah, they the littlest one she can be an absolute horror. Um, when I was home a few weeks ago, I took them out for the day, and she just screamed. She's terrible twos, so she was just screaming, blue murder, everything. And I was probably the closest I've ever been to wanting to throw a child out of a window, but mm-hmm. I didn't. so Don't worry. Mm-hmm. That's um, good. That's good. And then that you she didn't. just was really sweet to me. And then that was it. Then like everything else was forgotten. And then my, my other niece, she's four. She rang me up the other day to tell me I was the best auntie in the world, and I just melted. Look at that. And I was like, and, and that was just my nieces. Like, imagine your child saying that to you. Oh, I can't wait.
0: <laughs> now, when uh, when Cal was born, my my brother in law and his wife had already they had a two year old, and that's when I knew. Like you mm-hmm. said, man, being a being an aunt or an uncle, that's the best gig in the world. Because you don't don't get the same connection a parent gets, but you get to go in, be cool, bring them a bunch of, you know, hey, I brought you a bunch of chocolate. I didn't even ask your parents. And now what are they going to do? Are they going to take it away? They'll be villains. (laughs) Get you hopped up on sugar. Let's play with some toys. Get you all riled up. Stay up past your bedtime so you're losing your mind. And then I go home. That's the best gig.
1: Yep. Oh yeah, it it is fun being the anti because you get away with murder, and you can do all the fun stuff. And there's not a lot of discipline. And yeah, oh, I, I do love it. I absolutely adore them. They're brilliant. Now, uh, but you wouldn't you wouldn't understand them though because they've got very thick Liverpool accents. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. I'd love to talk to them someday, but I'd sit there in confusion. Now, this has been a lovely. We're halfway through. And this has been lovely and very chit-chatty in a way I've always loved with this show. But I do want to just loop it around and say so when it's when it's March of 2020 and you come up with a dry mm-hmm. cough what's the thought process mm-hmm. there?
1: Well, I'm diabetic. So, I'm a little I do get a little concerned about my health and what's going on with the world. And my other half, he's self employed. And so in, you know, the fact that everything's closing down and people are not leaving their homes, I do worry financially how that's gonna affect us. That's just on me. But I'm a bit of a worrier and I've been told multiple times that I'm a bit of a, a mother mothering type of person. And so my mind starts to wander out everybody else and so at the minute I'm really concerned about like, the little ladies, are they going to be able to get to the shops and get what they need to do and what about the people with all the health conditions, are they going to be alright and that just sets me off so in March 2020 um, I'm trying to play it cool now because I'm on the phone to you but I'm probably a ball of nerves if I'm being completely honest mm-hmm.
0: both for yourself and the world around you
1: yeah I know that's not the cool thing to say because everyone else seems to be, especially in the UK, sort of playing it down. But personally, I, I do worry. I worry for everybody.
0: Yeah, and how do you how do you feel? I feel like the what most of us in the states are thinking is like, yeah, seems like seems like our government was behind the curve. Like, now that we're all taking it seriously, it's like, it seems like you guys had this info a couple uh, months ago, and we could have, you softballed it, and now we all can't get toilet paper because the shelves are picked clean. How How are you feeling about your government's uh, response to all this stuff?
1: We seem to be a bit slower than everybody else, if I'm being honest. I mean, up until a couple of days ago, all we were getting is that to make sure you... Wash your hands for the time it takes to sing "Happy Birthday" twice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, it's useful. I mean, you need to wash your hands. That's, but apart from that, there wasn't really much being said. And whilst I don't think everyone needs to be shut down completely, they just so now I don't know if they're just trying not to worry people, or it just seems to be a slower response than everywhere else. I think. I mean, things might change in the next hour or two. Who knows? But mm-hmm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. The UK seems to be a bit slower behind everybody else, even though we're being told we're a few weeks behind Italy to be prepared. They're not actually giving us much information.
0: Next question. Why do you guys say Z? Why do you say Z? And we say Z, although I guess it, it is English. So, right, don't you say W-X-Y-Z? Yeah, we I don't say,
1: know. That's
0: how I was taught. We say Z. Did you know that? Yes. What's up with I, that? Do
1: excuse me, I live on a main road. So if you can hear alarms, don't be worried. I'm just on the main road.
0: Are they car alarms? Are you worried that people are starting to freak <laughs> no, out? and? it's the police. Sm- oh, it's the police. Even better. Yeah, I will, when I woke yeah. up, I, I live not... I probably live three or four blocks from a hospital. And when I woke up this morning, there's about 10 minutes straight of ambulance uh, alarms going off. And I'm like, oh, this is... Not ideal. That doesn't sound like just one out. That's a fleet. That's a fleet of ambulances. Ambuli? What's the plural of ambulance? Who knows? This is the thought I'm having in the morning.
1: <laughs> I've never had that thought before. But it's a good question, isn't it? I think you just yeah. I'll tell you a story actually though about about um, my road. So, did you guys ever hear about the um, the London riots a few years back? London... Did that make its way over to you guys?
0: I'm sure remind me. I bet I read about it then and it's just slipping my memory now. Remind me. I
1: think it was was it twenty eleven? So basically there was um a guy called Mark Duggan and I don't know all the ins and outs of it. So I don't want to say for certain because I know I just get annihilated on the, the comments. But basically it was something to do with the police and Mark Duggan and he died. And the um, family then held a bit of a vigil in Tottenham, which is not too far from where I am. And I think people jumped on that vigil. It was like a bit of a vigil, a bit of a like a protest, but they were being. It was all quite, you know, non-violent. And then suddenly it took a violent turn, and that road was smashed up. Things were set on fire. And I think I think people jumped on it as an excuse to to show how unhappy they were, um, and then it sort of escalated around the capital and then onto the rest of the country. Um, so day two of the riots actually ended up on my road, and I remember packing a bag, grabbing my cat, and heading off to mother in law's, and then sat watched thirty riot vans go past my flat, whilst. They uh, watched other people smash up my chemist, my local chemist, my local doctor's surgery, my high street, and the whole time panicking that my flat was going to go up in flames and I was never going to see my home again, which was quite yeah that, weird. That ain't Especially cool. For
0: the area
1: that I live in. <laughs> the area I live in is is usually quite. I mean, was a high street and you can hear sirens, but there's not usually a lot of trouble. And it was, it was a really weird couple of days where suddenly we've gone from nice and peaceful. I live next door to some Catholic nuns and there's a school and it's all very nice to um, people with masks and weapons and riot vans and things all turning up. And yeah. Wow.
0: Now I'm gonna ask
1: There's a little out for my node. <laughs> just so
0: I'm clear. You said they smashed up your chemist. That's what we would call a pharmacy, yeah? Where you going yes. prescription. Yeah. Yes. And then you said they smashed up the doctor surgery. What is that?
1: Yeah. So what we call doctor surgery is um GP, so general practitioner. Oh. So um you'd have yeah, so you go if you've got like a cough or a cold. Or so a doctor, we just call that a doctor. Yeah.
0: Because yeah, surgery,
1: yeah. we a think doctor. we're going to
0: get cut open. Okay. And then you said they smashed up oh. your high street. Is that just the name of the nearby street or is that a local business reference that I should know? So
1: the high street um, is where all the, the local shops are.
0: Oh, so, so, so like it, the main not, avenue. We might like call that town like town.
1: the yeah. main drag.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Back on the same. I, always,
1: gonna love me. <laughs> well,
0: I feel like they're going to be annoyed because I feel like it, for some reason we I've talked to people from so many different countries and England, which we have the special bond. We have the special relationship. England is the one that consistently I'm most confused by. And what I have to imagine is getting annoying for the listener that I'm constantly sorting out British reference. No, it's got nothing to do with you. I should just be smarter. <clears throat> I should just be smarter. Yeah. And then when people are coming by with masks, am I correct in thinking you call those balaclavas?
1: Um, Some were balaclavas, some were um, scarves tied around their faces, just anything just to not identify them. Mm-hmm, but it mm-hmm. was quite scary. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's nuts. That's wild.
1: Yeah. That
0: ain't yeah. good. When Chaos runs over, overtakes the streets. This is what happens yeah. when abuses of power run rampant. This is what happens. When you put your foot on the neck yeah. of whole classes of people, and it, it, we got, I feel like this is uh, all over the world. And if you don't want, yeah, if you don't want people rampaging in the streets, then you gotta, you gotta take care of the people.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It sucks when it's on your yeah. block, though. Well, I, w- I, w- I can be missed. I, I can be Johnny yeah. working class. Uh, blah blah blah. as much. If they all, if they came down, if they came down, If that came down my block in Queens, I might be. Uh, Talking a little bit less shit, if I'm being honest.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm usually very much like, I'm, I'm a I'm a member of the Labour Party. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, not very active active, but I'm definitely, I think my upbringing is very much working class, look after your own socialist kind of mentality. But even I kind of, when it all kicked off, I was like, be quiet and just, Go away, please. <laughs> yes, and yeah, that, I'm a, bit, I'm a bit of
0: a wash. <laughs> we're all like me and you are like the workers need to rise up. At, yeah. at least at least half a mile away from my house, please. At least a couple kilometers, yeah. so to speak, away. But yes, we should all rise up some somewhere else if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, I know it sounds so bad of me, but yeah, <laughs> that's where I was at. But yeah, it's it's not like that at the moment round here, but. I mean, I don't really want to turn this into a political conversation, but I mean, I'm sure you feel the same with your, um, president, but our prime minister, the less said about him, the better. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of upset between now and hopefully the time comes for him to leave. <laughs> well, what do you guys think of Boris?
0: Some people might be going, oh, political talk, here we go. Here's the thing. When the answer comes back, my answer is going to be mostly, oh, I don't know much about the guy. That's the shorthand. But uh, then I also have opinions because I always squeeze out opinions on everything because I'm Chris Gethard and that's what I do. We'll be right back. I hope you enjoyed that break. I hope you were able to stretch. I hope you were able to hear some ads. I hope you were able to uh, grab yourself a glass of water. And now we finish off this telephone call.
1: Hopefully the time comes for him to leave. Well, What do you guys think of Boris?
0: I think he's got a funny haircut. That's the first thing I'll say. (laughs) He does have a funny haircut. And uh, I mean, you know, it's always hard to sort out the politics of a country you're not in. But I get the sense that, what would I say? I would say maybe one of the things that no matter where, I try to be fair, especially on the show. Mm. So one of the things I think, you know, leaving out the actual policy of anything, one thing that I think is being proven true right now is, okay, so now we're seeing a global crisis where every scientist is saying, Mm. this virus is real. And what you need is leaders who are experienced and leaders who can see the Mm -hmm. whole playing field and aren't just dogmatic about a handful of things that are important to them. Yeah. And it seems like maybe that's something. To be fair, I'm not you know, Donald Trump had never been in a political role or a leadership role. I mean, I guess business wise, yeah. that's not fair to say. But I certainly wish there was someone who actually had experience navigating politics right now at the wheel. And I don't I don't yeah. know if Boris is the same, but I get the sense that maybe the the ability to rattle the chains has taken him a little bit further than his uh his job qualification, and then his yeah. resume would have granted him. And that's scary right now to have two of the most influential countries in the world where maybe the leaders got there based on rhetoric instead of experience. Not good, yeah. not safe feeling.
1: No, it's a scary time. It is a scary time. But as like I said earlier, I'm easily, I'm easily worried. So I try not to think about it too much for the moment and just do what I can. Continue just to be a nice person and be helpful where I can be because I can't change them. This is what I'm learning. I can't change things I can't change, but I can change how I respond to them Mm -hmm. and I can try and make things a bit lighter and a bit nicer for everybody else. Does that make sense?
0: Well, that's all we can do, right? That's all we can do. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I can't, as an individual, change anything about a government outside of my ability to vote every now and then. But what I can do is be kind to my fellow human beings and be respectful of the fact that people get worked up about things for reasons. And if I can respect the reasons, then I don't have to respect the results because you start to see humans who are scared. The most ex- the people yeah. with the most extreme opinions are either ignorant or scared. And I'm happy to disregard yeah. ignorant people and I'm happy to feel compassion with scared people. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what's another funny story about your mom? This, oh yeah, no, you can I say can whatever you say,
1: want. This conversation took a really weird turn. It's not how I was expecting this to go. Oh, it's taken a number of weird turns.
0: We've talked about line dancing. We've talked about Boris Johnson. We've talked about everything. We've talked everything. Riots? Who just knew? throw
1: another thing in then. Have you ever heard of guinea pig showing?
0: Guinea pig showing. I mean, I know that Fleabag, we're at Fleabag, which is a great show. They had a nice gu- running guinea pig gag, right? Wasn't it Guinea Pigs in that coffee shop? I've not seen it. Yeah, who doesn't? Fleabag's the best. We all love Fleabag. Oh. Anita's, you, hold on. <laughs> Anita, AKA the new Harry Nelson, <laughs> you you haven't watched Fleabag? It's two seasons no, in the haven't. first season. Wait, you haven't? I'll call her. No,
1: I haven't.
0: You have or haven't?
1: I mean, I have not.
0: I thought you said you love Fleabag.
1: No, I didn't. I said I haven't. I have not seen it.
0: Oh, my. I've it. i it. I've wa- not I, seen it. I'm going to tell you something. We got 16 minutes left, and in the four-year history of this show, I've never been tempted to hang up more.
1: <laughs> I was about to say, should I just hang up now and be done with it? I, <laughs> have I really upset you now? <laughs> Is it like a cultural <laughs>
0: sensation in England? Are you just so tired of hearing the hype that you can't buckle down and watch it?
1: Do you know what? I'm just, I'm one of them people that just, I'll watch it eventually, but I don't generally watch things when they're in the midst of hype.
0: I'm the same Um, way. I just, I'm I'm just just now going, hey, maybe Arcade Fire is a good band. I'm just now saying that.
1: Yeah. Took your tie
0: with that one. <laughs> I, ex- yeah, all right. From the from the England, from the Londoner who's never seen Fleabag. I'm not going to take that dig. I
1: know. They yeah. got great fox jokes about no. foxes.
0: Huh? They got jokes about foxes. There's foxes all over London.
1: Have they? Yes. That's true, actually. Yeah. 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 We get them on our road as well. Is
0: Terrible there also getting in your bins? Is there a show I like do, that? Uh, sorry to interrupt. I would say right now, yeah. the the Bake Off and Fleabag are the two English shows that Americans have just true love for. Are there American shows? I do love
1: Bake Off. What's that? I do love Bake Off.
0: Bake Off's the my mom
1: and um, grew up with Paul Hollywood.
0: Oh wow! What's the scoop? Good yeah. guy, good guy, or raging dickhead? It's one or the other. Based on watching the show, you're either like, this is an act. Or he's a raging dickhead. And he has the eyes of a white walker from Game of Thrones.
1: <laughs> he's a raging dickhead. <laughs> really?
0: And we all kind of knew it, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sure, I mean, she grew up with him, so he's probably grown up a bit since then. But um, she's a really good baker and refuses to go on the show because she, know, she knew him from her childhood.
0: Oh, that would be fascinating yeah. for him to realize, wait. Yeah. Didn't we grow up together? And you know what? I said this during the course, I think, of our London live show, but I'll reiterate. You want to hear something that people, I have found that people from England hate me for saying this. Hate me. I like Nolan Sandy a lot better.
1: No, so do I.
0: You take, I got booed out of the room. We did, I did a show at the podcasting festival in London. I got booed out of the room. People booed oh, me. I'm
1: going to get some hate now, then, aren't I? I was
0: like, Noel is so effortlessly funny. Sandy's such a great oh, foil. I love him. Mel and Sue, it was good, did but did you it
1: know was... that Sandy left? She's What's that? Not coming back.
0: I've heard that. I love this call. Working class riots. <laughs> How governments handle the global <laughs> coronavirus pandemic, and also, can you believe Sandy's leaving? She's so little and cute. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, she's leaving. I was so sad. Also, another fact for you: I used to work with someone who's been on ba- Baker, <gasps> and I have tasted her cakes.
0: You've tasted her cakes, so that's a clue. It's a her. I was yeah. so, my favorite all time is Liam. I thought Liam was such a such a cute kid. I'm now old enough that I can see someone in his early twenties, late teens, and go, "Cute kid." I thought Liam was so charming. <laughs> so, no. some how bad it when you divided. when you tasted these cakes, how badass were these cakes?
1: Really good, really good. Ooh. Yes, it's very good. Are
0: you familiar with Top Chef? Um,
1: um, do you know what? I don't watch those kind of programs.
0: Top Chef is like...
1: I just watch the
0: bake I get it because it's relaxing. The brilliant part of Bake Off is they've made it so relaxing and easy and fun. Top Chef is the American chef's compete... And it's American, yeah. which means it's aggressive. And any sign of drama, they squeeze the most out of it. Whereas Bake Off, there's been some dramatic moments they actually clearly dodge when that lady p- took that guy's mm-hmm. thing out of the freezer and he flipped out. And then the lady wasn't there yeah. the next week and they never really explained it. But then she came back and there was no real... Like, there was clearly some chicanery there that American producers would have made the whole thing about that. They would have told everybody else, go home. We're just yeah. going to fuel the fire on this fire. But I once went to... Uh, a restaurant, me and my buddy Don, who's a great cook and who loves food, we're, I was giving him a ride home one night, and we're like, man, we're both hungry, and there wasn't much open. And we went to this bar and asked if they're still serving food. The guy goes, yeah, I'm just about to close down, but I'll cook for you guys. Turns out mm. he was a chef from Top Chef, and he locked the doors, and it nice. was just me and my buddy Don getting food from this Top Chef guy. It was great. Nice. It was great. <laughs>
1: I'd love to get into those kind of programs, but I'm not good at cooking and I don't enjoy cooking. Me too. So for me, it's like, why Why am I watching this?
0: <laughs> See, that's why I, I like do,
1: it. I do like watching Gordon Ramsay on, um, what's it called? How, is it how no, um, Kitchen Nightmares.
0: Oh yeah, that's Kitchen me. nightmare. You love a good nightmare. You don't want to be inspired to improve your cooking skills, but you'll sink your teeth into a nice nightmare.
1: Yes, welcome to me. <laughs> you and I got
0: a lot in common. I feel like people are probably loving this call. They're sitting here going, what are they going to talk about next? Are they going to talk about uh, <laughs> the collapse of the American economy? Or are they going to go ahead and talk about uh, about uh, hurling and what hurling is? <laughs> the Irish sport of hurling. Who knows where we're going to go? Who or,
1: knows? It could go anywhere. Like my... my... This this is me to a T, to be honest. My interests go everything from, I like rugby league, I like UFC, but I'm also into art. I love drag queens. Um, I love watching a good murder mystery, but then our our real-life murder kind of documentary. um, Or then I'll watch something nice and fluffy like British Bake off But there's never any sort of in-between with me. It's one or the other.
0: (laughs) You and I would be... Best friends, because everything you said, I'm into.
1: Well, next time you're in London, you'll have to come and we'll have a drink.
0: Mm -hmm. I'll have a bitter lemon, England staple soda.
1: I'll be drinking a Diet Coke. Don't you worry, I'm not going to take you and get you drunk. You can get drunk. I don't (laughs)
0: care if you get drunk. I'll just get a bitter lemon. I'll get a fever tree.
1: Okay, that's all right then. (laughs) Now you like
0: the UFC. I like the UFC. Although I don't don't keep up with it. You know what I really used to love? Do you ever go back and watch the Pride Fighting Championships? Yes. The best. The greatest thing. One of the greatest things that's ever happened in human history is the Pride Fighting Championships. If you're not familiar, this was the big MMA league in the world before the UFC. They were Japanese. They lost all their influence because they got busted being heavily tied into the Yakuza. So they, they, it really fell apart. But it's amazing because they basically treat real fighting like pro wrestling. Big elaborate entrances. Yeah, I was
1: going to say it's a, it's a mix of the two really, isn't
0: it? Oh, it's, it's, it's all amazing. the pomp and circumstance of pro wrestling and then real people fighting yeah. and an international flair. So, and, yeah. and they also didn't care about weight classes. So every once in a while you'd nope. see a fight where a uh, seven-foot-tall giant would fight a five-foot-three man. And it was the best. Yep. What a great thing!
1: Yeah, it's kind of like the old school UFC. You know, the, yes, the, the early days where, yeah, yeah, this beautiful because
0: no, the early UFCs could sometimes be sad because you'd be like, oh, so you got a Muay Thai guy who's really trained in a, an art that over the years has proven to be very effective. Versus some guy who they'll say, this guy's a bar fight, a pit fighter, and that just means he gets in fights yeah. at bars. And you're watching someone who doesn't know what they're doing get brutalized by someone who does. And there's a lot of joy in that, but it's also disturbing. And now UFC yeah. is, now makes martial arts effectively its own style. You have to know a little bit of everything. Yeah. Everybody knows things that work. Pride was this amazing middle ground. Where you had the best of the best at different styles, but not everybody trained everything, but it wasn't these mismatches. So you might see Krokop, who's a Croatian kickboxer of a high, high level, go yep. against Mark Coleman, who's an American wrestler of a high high level. but Krokop doesn't know much wrestling, and Coleman doesn't know much kickboxing, and it was really yeah. great. And the Japanese didn't uh, that league didn't care about testing for steroids, so it was also at times Oh no, scary is the best.
1: Yeah. It also introduced jujitsu to the world, which is I don't practice jujitsu myself, but my my other half used to teach it mm. um and my brother does it as well, yeah yeah, yeah um i he he got into it to sort of help with his anxiety and his confidence, and
0: your brother or your other it was half? Just
1: like both actually mm. um my other half he he did it first. And I just saw a complete change in him and it was the best thing ever to happen to him um, and then he went on to teach it and he had to um, give it up for a while because he, he retrained in his um, work life and just didn't have the time to mm. but my brother the same my brother is he's, he's eight years younger than me and um, would get into fights and all kinds of things and you know he's quite quick with his mouth and then would get lumped for it and I always would worry about him and then we introduced him to the world of jiu-jitsu and he's never looked back. Um, he's in Australia now, so he's just joined um, a team over in Australia and started competing. Mm. And he absolutely loves it. Lachlan like, Giles again, and Craig really Jones. Me, but...
0: Those are the, Kit Dale, Lachlan Giles, Craig Jones. Those are the big Australian jiu-jitsu fighters. Right. Now, hearing the idea of... I'm
1: not familiar with the Australian ones. <laughs>
0: uh, well, hearing the idea of... I got a little brother who tends to run his mouth and get bar in bar fights. I don't know much about Liverpool. That strikes me as a very Liverpool sentence to say. (laughs) I mean, yeah. (laughs) I got a little brother who runs his mouth too much and he's scrapping out on the streets. From what I've heard, fits the image.
1: I know, but I will, in his defense, he doesn't go out looking for trouble. He just can't keep his mouth shut. <laughs> oh, they never happens. do.
0: They never do when yeah. they're your sibling, do they?
1: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'd tell you if he was the wrong kid. No, he's just, he's quick. He's he's never been any different. He's really smart with his mouth and then um, ends up getting lumped for it. And we were all worried that, you know, he's going to say the wrong thing to the wrong person and, it's going to be lights out. So, I was really pleased when he said he started to do jujitsu because it has really calmed him down, and obviously yes. he can defend himself properly now as well.
0: Here's yeah. one thing about oh, martial arts: well. when you actually t- when you actually experience martial arts, like you're someone out there fighting in bars, it's not going to te You're not going out there and learning. Oh, here's how I can really mess people yeah. up what you learn right away is yeah. I better keep my mouth shut because sometimes the littlest guy in this gym is the one who whips the most ass. And that's what you'll learn. Exactly. You learn how to yeah. walk away.
1: Yeah. No, I, I I, mean, this is the one thing who doesn't even do it, but I completely get why people do it. I just can't get over the feeling of being claustrophobic. That That's my whole thing. Um, but what it does for people is just amazing. I, I think it's fantastic. And I tell everybody, like, if they're looking for something to do, don't bother with karate or anything like that. Go and do jiu-jitsu. Do a martial um, arts. That's what it does for people.
0: <laughs> martial arts. There's a reason that they, you know, I feel like the UFC has almost demystified them as a spiritual thing. Whereas when we grew up, it was almost like these mystical martial arts. And they've demystified that because they show what works and what doesn't. But there is still a spiritual side to pushing yourself past your physical limits and seeing what you got on the other side. And that comes from somebody who gets beat up all the time. Although here's something that might surprise a lot of the listeners to this show. You're talking about your little brother running his, you'd be shocked to hear about how many fist fights I got into growing up. My parents still will tell, like they tell my wife, the amount of times we had to go to school because we got a call that Chris got in a fight. The kid couldn't keep his mouth shut and he couldn't keep his fists in his pockets. Yeah. I was that kid too.
1: Yeah, sounds like my brother. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> sounds like my brother. Yeah. As we would call it, where I'm from, you were a little bugger.
0: <laughs> a little bugger.
1: A little bugger. Yeah. So if someone's been, you've been a bit of a monkey, a bit of a terror. Right. He called a bugger. Yeah, oh, they've got the yes. go with them.
0: Now yeah. we've got 30 seconds left. This call was clearly oh, no you being way. bored in a self-quarantine and us just chit-chatting. I love that. What's your final yeah. message to the world?
1: Um, I hope you understood me. Thank you for keeping me entertained for the last hour. And this conversation did not go how I expected it to, but it's been good. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Thank you. I didn't always understand you verbally, but I'd like to think I always understood you emotionally and spiritually, and I feel quite connected to you because of it. Thank you for calling. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much. Take care. Bye.
0: Caller, thank you so much for your charm and your stories and your accent and for being funny and for letting me be funny and for giving me an hour of my day that was quite pleasant and enjoyable. Thank you, Jared O'Connell. Thank you, Anita Flores. Thank you, Shellshag. Want to know more about me, chrisgett.com? Go to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. It helps when you do. And check out the entire beautiful anonymous back catalog on Stitcher Premium. Visit stitcherpremium.com slash stories for more details.